Our scripture that was previously read came from the gospel according to Mark, the first chapter and the 21 through the 27th verse. I'll read it again so that we have it fresh in our consciousness. They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority, not as the scribes. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. On January 6th, 2021, Donald Trump incited an armed mob to storm the Capitol building of the United States of America in Washington, D.C. The purpose of which was to interrupt the then Vice President Mike Pence from doing his constitutional duty of announcing the results of the electoral college votes, thereby declaring that Joe Biden would be the next president and Kamala Harris the next vice president of the United States of America. The storming of the Capitol building led to the death of five people, and to date, federal prosecutors have charged at least 172 people for their alleged roles in the riot and have opened up over 400 investigations. According to the military service records obtained by CBS News, at least 15 of those arrested are veterans and two are currently serving in the Army Reserve. Of those 17, seven have served in the U.S. Army, seven served in the Marines, two served in the Navy, and one served in the Air Force. In addition to those 17, at least four people worked in law enforcement. Even after the attack, 147 Republican lawmakers still objected to the election results, baselessly claiming that it was a fraud, including people like Ted Cruz and John Kennedy of Louisiana. There are even reports that some in Congress aided and abetted and definitely encouraged the incitement of the attack. And lawmakers today are deep into investigations into many security lapses that left so many Capitol Police and MPD officers outnumbered and vulnerable to the mob. I went through all of these facts to show that the attack on the United States government was not carried out by Russia, China, Iran, or ISIS, or any outside agitators. Instead, it was an operation orchestrated by the President of the United States, enabled by congressional leaders of the United States, and executed by military personnel of the United States. In other words, Everyone involved in the attempted coup were United States citizens. And so with this in mind, and in the context of our scripture that I read, I want to speak a message which I have titled, The Enemy Within. Let us pray. Spirit of the living God, 
fall fresh on me now. Spirit of the living God, move like you have never moved before. Spirit of the living God, incarnate your spirit right now in this body of flesh. And breathe on me and breathe on this sermon and make it live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I am an immigrant to these United States of America. I was born in Jamaica and moved here with my family in 1990. Since then, I have furthered my education, achieved gainful employment, got married, bought a home, and is living what many people would call the American dream. I also became a naturalized citizen, having taken the oath and pledge of allegiance, thereby allowing me to enjoy all the rights and privileges that come with that oath, including the right to vote and to actively participate in what we know to be the world's greatest democracy. I can hold any elected office if I choose to pursue it, with the exception of the offices of president and vice president, offices that are reserved for only natural-born citizens of these United States. The underlying principle and the reason for this is simply because it is believed that people born outside of this country may not be as loyal to the United States as those who are legitimately and legally born here. It is believed that if you were born in another country, you can't possibly love this nation more than the country of your origin. So the highest offices in the land is reserved for those whose loyalty to the Constitution of the United States is unparalleled and to those who are romantically called patriots. Patriotism is a term used to describe a person who vigorously supports their country and is prepared to defend it against enemies and detractors. To be a patriot is to express a sense of national pride, and it is this feeling of love, devotion, and attachment to a homeland that aligns with other citizens who share the same sentiment. This attachment can be a combination of many different feelings, including ethnic, cultural, political, or historical sensibilities that serve to form the patriot's identity. As I said before, it is believed that if you were born in another country, you can't possibly love this nation more than the country of your origin, meaning you can't possibly be a patriot. So the two highest offices in the land is reserved for those whose loyalty to the Constitution of the United States is unquestioned. It is for this reason why you hear many people born here say to immigrants things like, go back where you came from, or this is our country, or you should be grateful to be here, all because they think their idea of patriotism cannot be shared by immigrants, despite this being a nation founded by the descendants of immigrants and built on slave labor. The hypocrisy is mind-boggling, and we need look no further than Donald Trump's birther movement when he questioned the nationality and the qualification of 
former President Barack Obama. But, but what happens when a natural-born citizen never read the Constitution of the United States and is elected president? What happens when that natural-born citizen does not believe in the system of democracy unless its outcome favors him? What happens when that natural-born citizen believes that he is above the law and might indeed well be? What happens then? Well, my brothers and my sisters, the answer is you get January 6th. 2021. In other words, you get an insurrection. The word insurrection literally means a violent uprising against an authority or government. Authority is about rulership over certain territory, and that rulership comes with the consent of the governed. It is for this reason why the Constitution of the United States begins by saying, we the people. So an insurrection is a direct frontal assault on any authority whose principles have been established in order to govern peaceably and equitably among its adherents. To decry a fair election is to go up against the Constitution of the United States. To reject the electoral process is to go against the Constitution of the United States. To go up against the Capitol building is to go up against the Constitution of the United States. And to engage in an insurrection is to go up against the people of this country. But you cannot go up against an authority that has laid claim to certain territory on your own. You need to establish under whose and what authority you are operating. Stay with me, church. We're going somewhere. You have to have the right to challenge authority. And sadly, what we witnessed on January 6th were insurrectionists that got their right from a citizen that was the president in authority. In other words, we the people were given the right to insurrect by we the people. This is why it's called an insurrection. It's a rejection of ourselves. In our text, Jesus enters a synagogue in Capernaum on the Sabbath and begins to teach. This information is important because according to Luke's gospel, this Capernaum synagogue had been built or funded by a Roman centurion who was based there. In other words, this synagogue, this church, this capital building, if you will, was built by an immigrant. Now as Jesus is teaching, his words are penetrating and piercing, so much so that those in attendance remarked that he was teaching as someone having authority. The idea here is that Jesus was a legitimate rabbi. His election to the office of rabbi was not fake or stolen. He had enough electors from the provinces of Galilee, Nain, Bethsaida, Nazareth, Jerusalem, and Bethany to vouch for his legitimacy as they witnessed him turning water into wine, healing the sick, making the lame walk, and opening 
blind eyes. Jesus taught as one having authority because he did. And he not only wrote and read the Constitution, he was the Constitution. He was the Word made flesh. He was the Alpha and the Omega. He was the beginning and the end. He was the living Word. He was the let there be and there was. And not one jot or tittle of his word will pass away until all of it is fulfilled. So they were all amazed at his teaching. But the text tells us something very interesting. Look carefully with me at verse 23 to 24. Just then, there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out saying, what business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. There are several things in this text that we need to observe. Number one, the man with the unclean spirit was in the synagogue. In other words, he was a Jew, and only Jews are permitted to be in the synagogue. This man, therefore, had a right to be there. So suffice it to say, this man with the unclean spirit was a citizen. The second thing we observe is that the man with the unclean spirit challenged Jesus' authority. In other words, this citizen of the synagogue started a violent uprising against an authority, thereby causing an insurrection. And three, the man with the unclean spirit had a violent resistance. In other words, because he knew who Jesus was and because he knew that he would be destroyed and because he knew his time was up, he reacted with resistance. These three things, my brothers and sisters, point to the fact that the problem in the synagogue was not coming from the Roman government. The problem in the synagogue was not coming from the centurion soldier. The problem in the synagogue was not coming from the Gentiles who were in the surrounding and neighborhood towns. The problem in the synagogue was not coming from the poor and the marginalized outside the city gates. The problem in the synagogue was not coming from the widows and the orphans. No, the problem in the synagogue was coming from the enemy within. You see, contrary to popular belief, the problem with this nation was not coming from Mexico. The problem with the nation was not coming from illegal immigrants. The problem with the nation was not coming from caravans at the border. The problem with the nation was not coming from people on welfare or food stamps. The problem with the nation was not coming from Black Lives Matter. No. The problem with the nation was coming from the enemy within. Enemies. Enemies within. Brothers and sisters, enemies exploit our weaknesses. They know what buttons to push. They know how to effectively impact us using our fears and our insecurities against us. This is why they are called enemies. And the enemy within is often those that you least expect. <laughs> you, you see, the enemy within is a citizen 
that will fool you into thinking they are with you and that they're on your side just to exploit you for your money, sending you a little prayer cloth. The, the, the enemy within is a citizen that will hug the flag while at the same time having multiple deferments when given an opportunity to defend this nation. The enemy within is a citizen that will call himself a patriot and make others feel as though they are traitors while at the same time saying soldiers who die in wars are suckers and losers. The enemy within is a citizen who will shout blue lives matter while assaulting police officers in a riot. The enemy within is a citizen who looks like your average next door neighbor while planning a terrorist act against the nation. The enemy within is a citizen who will denounce someone kneeling at the anthem to protest police brutality while beating a police officer with the flag. The enemy within is the man with the unclean spirit in our nation's government. In fact, the Bible tells us that the enemy within is more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field that the Lord God had made. This enemy within shall arise and show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, he shall deceive even the very elect of God. This is the enemy within. The enemy within is the man with the unclean spirit in your synagogues and in your houses of worship. The enemy within is the man with the unclean spirit in your church. But this time, this time, the enemy within had reared its ugly head against the wrong authority. You see, the enemy within can rear its ugly head on Fox News and get away with it. The enemy within can rear its ugly head on One America News and get away with it. The enemy within can rear its ugly head on conservative talk radio and get away with it. The enemy within can even rear its ugly head on timid politicians and get away with it. But when the enemy within meets Jesus, the story changes. And if it is one thing Jesus knows how to do, it is how to deal with an insurrection from the enemy within. Look carefully again at the text. Verse 25 says, And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is our role model, and he shows us how to deal with insurrectionists and unclean spirits. Jesus does not get into a debate on the floor of Congress. Jesus does not begin an impeachment trial. Jesus knows his authority and how to use it. Jesus immediately rebukes the unclean spirit, which then throws the man into convulsions while crying and screaming with a loud voice as it is is expelled. This is how you and I are to deal with an insurrecting unclean spirit. We don't debate it. We rebuke it. Be quiet. 
and come out. Satan, Satan seeks to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is the real enemy within, for the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And Satan works to keep people out of the kingdom of God by infiltrating and pretending to be a patriot of God's people, saying he is with you all in an effort to destroy your relationship with God. But as powerful as Satan and the unclean spirits might think they are, they are powerless against any rebuke from those whom Jesus gave authority to be called the children of God. And, 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 and let me digress here for a quick moment. You see, whenever the truth confronts a lie, the lie will always scream out and insurrect, <laughs> which is what those rioters were doing at the Capitol. When the truth of what was coming out became too much to bear, then they couldn't stand it. They had to cry out with a loud voice, what is this? We know who you are, throwing themselves into convulsions, ransacking the Capitol building, screaming out. Why? Because whenever the truth confronts a lie, the lie cannot handle it. Jesus is the truth and the way and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. So when the truth comes in, what fellowship does light have with darkness? Absolutely none. My brothers and my sisters, I'm trying to tell you that what you were seeing on January 6th was nothing more than the truth entering into the temple to deal with the enemy within. When Jesus came and walked among us and was eventually crucified, died, and was buried and rose again on the third day. He ripped apart the veil of the temple from the top to the bottom and effectively he restored our once broken relationship with our heavenly father for once and for all. For you see my brothers and sisters, let me make it plain. Let me make it plain. The crucifixion of Jesus represented Christ taking the punishment for our sins. The resurrection represented Christ taking back authority that we had given to Satan. But, 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 but the ascension into heaven where, where Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, he established his authority over all things. And my brothers and my sisters, he positioned everything under his feet. Look what it says in Ephesians, the first chapter, and the 19th through the 23rd verse. Listen carefully. For us who believe, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Watch this. And God placed all things 
under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Brothers and sisters, the key to our dealing with the enemy within. This is the key. It is recognizing that Jesus has overcome all insurrectionists and that in his name, you and I can rebuke any and all unclean spirits, whether they're in the White House or the outhouse, whether they're in the synagogue or in the church, and whether they're in your house or mine. Jesus triumphed over all the enemies within at the cross. And so as these insurrectionists and unclean powers come up against us, we are to use our spiritual authority and say, be quiet and come out. And in our exercise of that authority, other people will say, what is this? A new teaching with authority? They command even the unclean spirits and they obey them? My brothers and my sisters, walk in your authority as a believer and you too can expel the enemies within no matter where they rear their ugly heads. No matter where they rear their ugly heads. This is my message to you. I'm reminded of the 72 disciples who came back to Jesus saying, Lord, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. But I love Jesus' reply. He says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I, Jesus says, have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, however, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. My brothers and my sisters, I could talk all day long about Satan, about the insurrectionists at the White House, about all of these things that we see externally, but there is an enemy within that is inside each and every one of us because of our sin condition. We can blame everyone else, but much of it first has to begin with us dealing with our own enemies within. So if there's one thing I will say to you today, as you've heard this message, be courageous enough to do what Jesus has said to do. Come out of them. Come out. Be quiet and be gone. And when you use your authority, there is not an enemy within that can stand up to the truth of who God is. May the Lord richly, richly bless you, my beloved.